Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Hello there, I'm David. We're not the Obi-Wan podcast. <laughs> no, we could be, but like everyone else probably is doing their own oh Obi-Wan God, podcast. So many. Uh, don't so need many. that. I, I'm surprised to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> From a certain point see, of view, anyway. This is the fourth episode of our mini-season here, uh, Mighty Big Trouble. The uh, the 43rd episode, episode of Robots in Disguise in Totalis. Uh, this first aired November the 12th, 2016, uh, written by Johnny Hartman, uh, previously last seen here, uh, writing Impounded. Uh, that's the one where... Oh my god, Taffy, uh, please. That is the one where Grimlock got his uh, disguise for the first time. Have your oh. pets spayed or neutered. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> yes. in, in case these sounds are allowed to remain in, the, the cat in question, I assure you, is getting spayed literally tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dear. And we open... It's, <laughs> it's fine. She's just running around trilling. <laughs> And uh, we open post-mission. The uh, team has just come back from Egypt. Pro- I assume they had to fight, like, a Sphinx Decepticon there or something? I mean, it sounds like they didn't have to I fight anything, because they just came back. Thing. and They had to sand. It gets yeah, wh- everywhere. What ancient tomb did they desecrate to dig up this object that Grimlock in crane mode is dragging around? They did say they got it from a pyramid. I'm getting big Stargate vibes here. I I do appreciate that they at least I mean Egypt kind of has had a problem with a long for a long time with people stealing artifacts. So at least this is their own artifact and not yes. Egypt's artifact. Yeah. At least they're not British. Yeah, listen, we we just had to fight uh, James Spader and Kurt Russell to get this thing, and also French Stewart <laughs> for some reason. But do you think they had to um. turn brown again? <laughs> Wait, well, it looks like there, they may have... Mm-hmm. Was there a giant kaiju attack involved? <laughs> well, it looks like they may have done some turning brown of their own, because they're all covered in sand. Yes. <laughs> it gets everywhere. So, yeah, it turns out this is a high... A, a HEP generator. Hep. A high-energy pulse generator. It could... Uh, you know, produces high energy bursts that could uh, totally fry robot brains. Yeah, totally cool thing to have just made. Like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. What do you use this for? War crimes? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like literally war crimes. <laughs> Nothing else. This this feels like a shockwave thing. I bet shockwave yeah. made this. So, uh, so, yeah, everybody is, like, covered in sand and drift is all mini-cons. Get me some clean grease. Oh, yes, he wants them to grease his pistons. That sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's perfectly innocent. All I can think of is uh, groundskeeper Willie. That grease me up, woman. <laughs> Okie dokie. <sighs> Yeah, Grimlock is swinging this thing around with a cane and drops it. And- anyway, so they, they they slip on this sand. They actually turn this thing on. Hmm. 
Yes, the the mini cons are losing their footing, and one of them just gets as soon as as like there's good timing because they're like, "What's well, it's perfectly safe as long as no one turns it on," and then his hand goes right on to the on button. Uh, and so now it's turned on. Good job. Good job, Minicons. And also, maybe, again, this thing, you know, given that it fries people's brains, maybe you should just, you should have, like, a punch in a code. Yeah, more levels have, of You security. should have to, like, turn some keys. Yeah, no. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you could, like, accidentally set it up against the wall wrong, and suddenly everybody's lobotomized. Yeah, you know, some, you know, some guy's just drinking a cup of coffee, or leans back. And then everybody's brains start leaking out their ears. Yeah, the on switch is the size of a robot hand. It's really big. A, a tiny robot hand. Yeah. Anyway, so luckily, Sideswipe uh, just slashes this thing in half. Gets a sword, just slashes right through it. And then, uh, this episode, he's decided to be racist towards minicons. What? Sizest? Against minicons? I mean, it's, I mean, they, they see, minicons seem to be like distinct, they're not just tiny transformers, they're like a race unto themselves. Well, but, but, like, also Autobots and Decepticons might be a different race in this series. It's weird. Yes, yes it is. Corvicons and Dinobots. At very least, He's bullying the little guys. Yes, he's punching which is not nice. down. This this episode sideswipe punches down. Yes. <laughs> this episode yeah, sideswipe yeah. gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he you know, he's making jokes. They really, you know, they ask him very politely to stop, but he keeps doing it, so they just start giving him the cold shoulder. They they are not amused with his humor. Everyone else is kind of awkward about it. You know, it, it's possible they they just they didn't go far. They, they probably tried to think of some like anti minicon slurs, but they were too offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he call them shorties at some point in this episode? Oh, oh yeah, he, he does call them shorties. Yes. <laughs> It's not okay, Sideswipe. It's not okay. It's not cool. No. Out of all the possible things they could have called him, that's fine. <laughs> like jerk. They're so good. Mini mites or something. That would have <laughs> They're the best. Well, so especially since these are, you know, three extremely pleasant and inoffensive mini cons. Mm. Yes. They're, 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 just, they're just good boys. Meanwhile, cut to the Scavengers. Of course, you remember uh, Clawtrap, Thermidor, Scatterspike, and Scorponok. Or sorry, yes. and Paralon. Paralon. He just, just looks, looks like Scorponok. Like yes. Well, we, we saw Scorponok in the last season. Yeah. Yeah. Got those great back-canted legs. Uh, so everybody take a drink, because they are landing on an automated cargo ship. Yes, landing <sighs> in a little shuttle, which apparently isn't their main spaceship. It's just a shuttle. Think. This is some alternate Earth that just is super underpopulated. Mm. Yes, like maybe 
I don't know. There was a mass extinction event. <laughs> well, they, or but nobody the, talks yeah. about it. Or uh, uh, Unit E paid down the national debt by using uh, Cybertronian technology to increase automation. Maybe. Maybe. But people have to do something. I mean, it's possible that they also introduce like, universal basic income, which is why uh, Denny is... Jenny seems to live reasonably comfortably despite owning a somewhat ramshackle junkyard. Wait, and buying yeah, so many things and I- <laughs> almost never successfully selling anything. Yes, and frequently having his uh, his stuff destroyed by robots. Yeah. Yeah. On the if other there hand, was universal he- basic income, I would absolutely be living Denny's life. <laughs> I hope you would at least own more than one shirt. <laughs> yeah, I just have several of the same shirt. It would probably be different colors, though. I, I have occasionally been guilty of buying the same piece of clothing in more than one color. <laughs> and then, Everybody of course, you, doesn't do that? Only the best people do that. Uh, and then, of course, you would also have an extent, a, uh, a trunk full of extensive disguises. Well, yes, but they go yes. over the regular shirt. <laughs> I'm already working on having a trunk full of cat-capturing equipment. Literally today I was thinking about how I need to get like one of those little like old school military can openers so I can keep that in a can of tuna in there. Mm. Wait, wait. So so not everybody has the same outfit in different colors. I mean, I kind of do, but Yeah. I'm just thinking like I I have cotton shirts that are all the colors of the rainbow hanging up neatly in my closet. <laughs> I've actually kind of made that my work shtick just because I got tired of, you know, like putting together outfits. Also because uh-huh. it's always cold, so it's always appropriate to have mm. a cardigan. <laughs> so yeah, they they've they've found they've they've tracked some sort of artifact to the ocean floor and they're they're very excited about getting their their hands or claws on it. Salvage time. Ocean law. That's right. Yay! The law of the sea. Time, time for maritime law. Oh, and then they each pair up with a minicon before yeah, diving. Well, except for Paralon, who has to stick behind and watch them. Yeah. Oh, and and um, yes. uh, Claw Trap tried to get the bird guy to come with him. Yes. But the bird uh, guy just skybolt flew, flew up to the top of the ship. Like, and nope. here we see a couple of these guys we haven't really seen before. We got uh, Bash Breaker. Uh, we got we got Lancelon. <laughs> Lancelon. It's Arrow Bolt. That's the that's yes, the bird's Bolt's name. The bird. And he's he's just like no, and he just well he doesn't even say no. He just flies off. And what are they uh, gonna they, do? He's a bird. They can't catch him. And uh, Wind Strike. Who is new? So anyway, you see, yeah, they they pair up, they go to the ocean floor, and uh, and yeah, the the minicons are not uh, not thrilled with this whole thing. No, they continue to be very reluctant about the whole thing, but uh, they are threatened with basically uh, being sold back to whoever they're running from. Yes. And, I mean, definitely sounds like Claw Trap does not actually know who that is. He just knows they're running from someone. Yes, well, he's clearly pretty surprised when he finds out who. Yes. Yeah. So, sure enough, we're poking around on the ocean floor, and we find uh, 
I hope everybody remembers Transformers Prime. It's, oh, I uh, do. It's the Dark Star Saber. Yes, the I dark saw it there saber. in the water, and in my mind, I immediately went dark energon <laughs> in a Jeffrey <laughs> Combs voice. Dark energon. The best, the best kind of energon. And I appreciate that it's Claw Trap who grabs it because it immediately makes him knife grab. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! He's not waving it around grab with a knife. nearly as much as he should be. No. So yeah, we, uh, we cut back to, uh, back to the scrapyard there, hoping that Optimus Prime is getting there soon, but there's no sign of him yet. And then Sideswipe's still getting the silent treatment here, and, you know, Bumblebee and Strongarm finally tell him, you know, you need to do something you've never done in your life, and that is apologize. Sincerely. Yes, not, not, not a real, I'm sorry you were offended. Also, Optimus is clearly a boomer, and he doesn't know how to do, like, phone navigation or anything, so he can't, like, text them his ETA. He's just sort of, sort of going, and he has he'll got get there a, when he gets there. He has got a printout from MapQuest. He definitely still has a landline. <laughs> not. But yes, he's, he's driving using a, a printout from MapQuest. He may also have roadmaps. Not everybody does that. I mean, what, what if the phone doesn't connect where you are? Yeah, he was. Well, that's why you have to out. look it up. You have to look it up beforehand, and then it's saved. Yeah, yeah but then you print it out. So, what if the phone battery dies? Okay, boomer. <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> okay, boomer. I can say that because I'm a millennial. Yes, very, very young child. That's true. I drive through the mountains where there's no signal all the time, and I just make sure to look things up before I leave. Also, I have not... I need to mess with the, like, I need to tweak the metadata or something because it's not working properly to tell my car to play the kid video theme, but I can tell it to play <laughs> closure. So that's that's a good start. We are at the point where I can just tell my car to play Hozier. Oh, advanced car. <laughs> I, I I told my car to do that, but it, it just uh, it just played Hoser, and I got uh, the uh, Mackenzie Brothers album. <laughs> oh, the Great White North. Oh, great songs. Good rush on that album. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so we uh, we cut back to uh, to Dawes Boot here. <laughs> the uh, the scavengers have got this. Uh, this dark star saber, but as soon as they are not looking, the Minicons all scamper onto their shuttle and bug off. Yep. And bug out. They just GTFO. They nope right yep. out of there. Which, as it continues on through this episode, I almost think they have spider sense tingling. Well, I think they saw the, the uh, ground bridge forming. And yes. were like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because indeed, moments later, a, a portal opens, and uh, we find out who's been looking for the Minicons, and it is our old pal Starscream, voiced still by uh, Steve Bloom. Yes! And yet looking significantly less like a robotic Monty Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes! 
They, he he kind of looks did like at least keep like some of his face markings, but yeah, yeah he, most of it is just very like R.I.D. art style redesign of G1 Starscream, which is kind of boring. It's not quite, but it's like the design idea was we take Prime Starscream and we just covering him with armor. Mm. It sort of works. Well, his coronation shoulder pads and all. I, I he, he does look reasonably cool here, though. Yeah, Yay, and you know, fine. Steve Bloom still uh, still bringing it. Mm-hmm. He's double bringing it this episode. Yes, that's true. He's also Skybolt. I kind of prefer this de- design to Prime Star Scream. In the well, but, Prime Star Scream is great because he's a sniveling little coward for most of it. Whereas this is more. Traditional Starscream, but skinny. and of course, and of course, if you consider that, uh, if you consider the uh, War for Cybertron slash Follow Cybertron games to be in continuity with Prime, oh. then he did kind of look like this before. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a big chunky version. <laughs> no, it, I like those games, but they don't work. It was a nice idea, but no, no. Th- those games kind of work if you squint heavily as prequels to the movies, but the Prime, it, no, not really. <laughs> Actually, to be quite honest, it, it it's closest to G one. Yes, in that it one of the games ends with the touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's Actually, how you know it's G one. Well, I think well one ends with a different Stan Bush song. Oh. Yeah. It was on, I think, one of those Botcon albums, but I think he had to change the Transformers specific lyrics in case they wouldn't fly with legal, so it was somewhat unfortunately now uh, named Ground Zero. Oh. <gasps> huh. That was the one of the ones that he did for the convention stuff. Yes, yes it was. Okay, so he reused that. Yes. Okay. Except with now trans actual the I believe the originally intended Transformers based lyrics. Okay. I remember that. I vaguely remember all this being a, a kerfluffle now. Yes. So, you know, Clawtrap is all uh so they were running from you, huh? That's uh that's great. Hmm. And then he immediately notices that he's been standing on the Star Saber. And picks it up. Yeah, it's weird and that he doesn't immediately notice he stepped on Dark Energon. Dark yes. Energon. But. Man, such a cool sword. Such a cool sword. Yes. So he, he zaps them into the water, and also around here his uh, his crew drops in. <gasps> He's got yeah. a crew. He's got a posse. So we've got, I, I don't think all these guys are named in the show, but they're eventually named like later in credits or by, uh, the showrunner on his website. We've got Razorhorn, who's a, a giant insecticon. He's huge. Yeah. Well, the insecticons were big. I mean, the, the yeah. prime insecticons who were just big monster screaming horse things. Yes. <laughs> We've got Shadelock, who we saw in the previous episode. He is mm-hmm. uh, just a, you know, Decepticon bounty hunter. And then confusingly, we have Rough Edge, 
No, no, no. Starscream specifically calls him Ruffage. <laughs> Not Rough Edge. Ruffage. He is lettuce. Oh my god, all this stuff Listen. on the wiki about him is about dietary fiber. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He just pronounce it as Ruffage. And he, uh, yeah, he is an Autobot, and apparently even though his insignia sort of scratched up, apparently that's just, like, battle damage. It's not a specific, uh, I slash through this because I'm no longer an Autobot. So yeah, it wasn't like, it, it, like, grip or, uh, Steel Jaws slash through his Decepticon symbol, or, I guess, like, Armada Wheeljack slash through his Autobot symbol, and his little scribbled on Decepticon symbol under it. Yes. Yeah, no, but, which makes Ruffage hard to look up on the wiki, well, on the wiki page for this episode, it confused me because I was looking under Decepticons, his name wasn't there. I looked under Other, because he's a hired bounty hunter, his name isn't there, it's under Autobots! But he's working with Decepticons, it, you know... I mean, listen, he's not a very good Autobot, but he's still an Autobot. As much I as I, I would put him under other. As much as I have complained about bounty hunters like Devcon, who only hunt their people's mortal enemies for no profit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta thing. respect this guy for at least literally doing his job. <laughs> but yeah, I did notice that he had the scratched weird. up Autobot symbol, and that looked Autobot like I, I figured that was. I mean, Steeljaw scratched his up because there was, like, some tracking thing, so I figured it was something like that, where he was, it, like, kept the other Autobots from tracking him. Yeah. So, you know, Shade Logs all, you know, you have the Dark Star Saber, do you really need the Minicons? And Starscream is all, uh, yes, obviously. <laughs> so, cool, there's no such, this thing is too much power. Not as long as there's more to be had. <laughs> Dun dun. That's him. So, yeah, so back at the uh, scrapyard, Sideswipe is still trying to come up with that apology. Russell, he once saw a movie where somebody apologized with flowers and a poem. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that he would realize that maybe that's only appropriate in a certain context, but I mean, he is a kid. He's a smart kid, but he's still a kid. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And me- meanwhile, the birds are getting into the wiring. <gasps> I do like By which that I mean, he was, you know, doing bird mischief. Yes. Oh, the flower thing would have been way funnier if Danny had told him. <laughs> I mean, Danny's probably a little smarter than that. A little. Not much, but a little. <laughs> Well, no, he yeah. also probably would have offered, like, a metal flower. Yeah. Big metal so, flower. So, yeah, Aerobolt is, he's, he's tearing up the security systems with bird mischief. And uh, now the the other weaponizers are looking for some sort of Autobot technology that they can use to fix their ship. So they can get out of here. Yeah, they need to GTFO. Yes. So yeah, Jetstorm, Slipstream, you know, they're, they're doing a little sparring. They're talking about, oh, Sideswipe, that guy's such a friggin' racist. <laughs> they're mad about it. They're taking their, they're channeling their anger into their training. They're so mad about it. 
So they they spot a minicon. They're all, hey, we can take a mini. We can take one minicon. So they fight, but then they're fighting all the minicons. And meanwhile, Sideswipe has this poem that he's written that is terrible. <laughs> uh, Autobots are good. Decepticons are bad. I'm so very sorry that I made you angry. <laughs> he actually just uh, was like basing it on a parody poem and didn't realize that's not really how poems work. Yes. That's that's not how a lot of things work. He also doesn't know how rhymes work. No. No. We need to get Skybite in here to help teach him. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, he is, he is, he is well beyond haikus. <laughs> so, yes, uh, so they're pretty quickly interrupted by this fight. The uh, I, I like that Drift comes in and he just plows into these minicons <laughs> in car mode. Yeah. Just slap, slaps them all down with his bumper. It's very violent. But then pretty quickly the weaponizers all end up in the Autobots' hands. Yeah, d- despite them, uh, Bumblebee telling them, don't let them get in your hands, and they get in their hands. And that's exactly what happens. And even Grimlock, well, who was previously not... The Minicons do know what they're doing here. They, they are clearly yes. making a targeted effort to get into their hands in uh, weapon mode. Yes. And even Grimlock, who's previously not able to be controlled by uh, by Triceratot. And then they, they even have him mention this, like, hey, I wasn't able to be controlled by Triceratot. What's the deal? And Triceratot's, oh, I don't know, we're both dinosaurs, I guess? Shrug. I is don't there going to be a resolved. reason for that? Or, cause I mean, it seems like I a, don't know that there is a thing to like bring up. It's a weird thing to bring up if it doesn't mean something. I wonder if this was like lost between drafts of a script or something. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Or maybe if they'd made it a longer season, it was going to be in there somewhere. Or maybe this was sufficient. Hmm. Yes. Bring in more Dinobots. We need more Dinobots. We've only had, well, now three, counting the Minicon. So I guess that's two and a half. Yeah, if he counts as a Dinobot. So anyway, they, you know, they, they pretty quickly realize that, you know, they're, they're just here for that generator and fixes it, tells them, uh, no, uh, uh, Hitler there, uh, cut it in half. <laughs> and they're all, well, we don't have anything to do here, so I guess we're just gonna leave. Yeah, also, I like they're that just like, like weird sort of distorted zombie music playing while the Autobots are all getting possessed. Well, because they are stumbling around zombie-like while brandishing yes. a weapon. Yes. Yeah, it is appropriately sinister. But yeah, they're just like, yes. oh, I guess the uh, the thing we came for isn't here anymore, so uh, bye. Yep. So, the, you know, the Autobots are a little staggered, but they do eventually give chase, leaving behind the three Minicons um, uh, to, you know, in, to guard the place in case they come back. But then, of course, as soon as the Autobots leave, Starscream once again gets there. 
or rather Starscream's crew gets there, and mm-hmm. she like us all, oh, hey, minicons. We're supposed to find minicons. <laughs> yes, we apparently haven't been given sufficient description of what these minicons are. It's or like, I don't know, Here's pictures three of them. or... Let's take those. Yeah, mind you, oh, indeed, this soon... isn't Starscream, it's just his crew. Yes. So as soon as Starscream, you know, they get back to Starscream, he's all, did you find these guys in the lost and found? <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> They're clearly not the minicons I was after. Which is kind of but then as soon as Like, maybe he yes. needed to but be more specific. Yeah. But then as soon as Fix-It uh, drops that they that he works for Bumblebee, Starscream decides they were the right minicons after all. <laughs> maybe they weren't the ones that he meant to get, but he still definitely wants them. Yes. And sure enough, when they get there, the, uh, the minicons are gone, and Starscream has left a holographic message where he is uh, being extremely Starscream yes. and gloating about how uh, you know he has these minicons and he's going to uh, give them back only if Bumblebee surrenders. Yes. <laughs> being extremely Starscream. And then surprisingly, Bumblebee kind of agrees to this and leaves. Well, yes... I mean, I what guess else is he gonna do? He figures yeah. he can get out of whatever Starscream has planned for him, or he yes. would rather just turn himself over than let his friends get hurt. His tiny friends, yes. who are valuable <laughs> members of their team, no matter what Sideswipe says, no matter what Sideswipe Chappelle over there has to say on the subject. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bumblebee knows enough that Starscream is one of the few Decepticons who's ever killed an Autobot. Yeah, that's true. Ever. Such a weird thing. So he would kill Minicons. I do like in this series, like, thinking about how with Animated they made a point to have the human villain so that when the Decepticons showed up it was this huge scary deal. And I definitely feel like there's a distinction between your average, ordinary criminal Decepticons and your, like, terrifying war criminal prime Decepticons. Yeah, but but again, this show has been unbalanced since the first season ended with them fighting a god. Well, yes. (laughs) It's, It's... been a weird de-escalation. Oh, I miss animated. It was so good at de-escalation. Everything since then has been bumpy. Yeah. Like, let's start really big! Unicron! Where do we go from here? I don't know. Look, it could be worse. It could be Cyberverse. Well, oh, yes. I haven't seen enough of that. I'm afraid. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, Eventually. It's, yeah, it's just all over the place. It it does not have any idea what it's doing or when the season ends or I've what only tone it's trying episodes. to strike. The very first, which I didn't like, and one episode... Oh, what the fuck was... They were on a moon with some Decepticon or Autobot? I don't remember the episode that well. And I have no idea how to look it up because it was just... I, I watched it because some character, I think they got a toy, was in it. <laughs> but I don't remember who. And I was like, hey, okay. 
It's, uh, uneven. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, you know, all, you know, they're, they're gonna go out and get Starscream, but obviously they, you know, they, they consider themselves somewhat unprepared for this. But, uh, luckily, a, a ship arrives, and, and in it, it's Optimus Prime. I like how they're concerned mm. that the ship that, like, oh, maybe it's some Decepticons, but, like, it's bright red and white, and it's, like, the least Decepticon-looking ship ever. Hmm. Uh, apparently this is Prime Force One. Well, that's a... Really? Movie. Oh, my God, that's yes. terrible. <laughs> Get off my plane. <sighs> that's terrible. I disapprove. So yeah, that is the episode. I mean, this one is really just setting stuff up for the final two episodes, but it's enjoyable enough as is. I, I, I it's nice having Bloom come back as Starscream. Yeah, hmm. I like having him back. Yeah, it's always good to bring him back. Oh. More Starscream, you know, good. I'm, more Bloom, good. We're, we're certainly gearing up for like a four faction collision here, as you've got the Minicons, you've got the Autobots. You've got Starscream's guys, and you've still got the scavengers in play. Well, if they can get out of the water, I mean, most of them are seafood, so they could probably slowly walk to land. <laughs> I, I believe we are going to see them in the next couple episodes. Are they going to be swimming through the water because they are various sea life and crustaceans? And- well, we've got two crustaceans, one scorpion, and a porcupine. Oh, okay. Can scorpions swim? I'm thinking no. I mean, there were sea scorpions, but they're, like, prehistoric. Yeah. And I don't think they were actually scorpions. No. I did think that Shadelock gave me kind of lockdown vibes, like, with his design, but I think that's just because he's got one... Actually, lockdown doesn't even have one crazy eye. I don't know why it seems like he should have one crazy eye. Also, Dinobot 2. He's also got Dinobot 2. Yes. Sort of thing going. So, interesting design. Definitely a bad guy. Oh, I, I can't... Yes. Oh, Unlike the, the his friend ep- Ruffage. Ruffage. <laughs> Such a good name. The, the other episode of Cyberverse I saw was the one with Cosmos. Okay. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's a fun it, one. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. That show. So yeah, that uh, that does it for this episode, which now brings us then to David's Tokusetsu Corner. Oh yeah, cat. Uh, why are you in my lap again? Because it's a lap uh, and a cat. That's how these things work. This week on Gosei Sentai Day Ranger Kujaku's Great Ascension. Ooh. It's another episode with Peacock Buddha Kujaku versus Gara. Rivalry, they fight, Triangle Man wins. Whatever. I was going to say, they have a fight, Triangle wins. Yes, um, Kujaku's losing her feathers, and when they're all gone, she will be dead. Because she cannot survive long in Earth's polluted atmosphere. Oh. Something, that's why she's dying? That's sad. She has Ultraman weakness or something, and Gara's doing voodoo... To kill people or something that 
is in the beginning of the episode, which doesn't really come back. I don't think she's just got bleeding on a voodoo doll, and people are dying. I, I don't get it. Cat, are you are you getting in or out? What are you doing? <laughs> Cat. Anyway, um, Kujaku and the green and the Green Ranger are looking for this ancient magic artifact that can heal Kujaku with tears and stuff. We go to this little town, buy a lake. And then Gara shows up, but it's like a ghost Gara and covered in a weird armor. It's, apparently it's not Gara, but it's Gara's spirit trying to murder them, separated from her body. Sure. In the fight, Green falls down this crevasse in a pit into the ground. Oh, he finds the artifact conveniently, but then he's got to walk back to where Kujaku is fighting Gara for the rest of the episode. Somewhere in the fighting, Gara gets blinded, and Kujaku like, oh, I, I pity you because you used to be my friend 6,000 years ago, and now you're blind, but Gara's still mad. It's like, ah, I'm going to attack you while blind. <laughs> so that shit's still going on. Uh, the, the Rangers eventually file in for the rest of the episode, meet with the Green Ranger, but but then Gar's spirit is still running around trying to attack them. <laughs> um, Master Kaku shows up to tell the Rangers, well, you know that magic artifact that can heal Kujaku? Well, that's a bad thing because it could heal all diseases on Earth, and that would be bad because... Reasons? Question marks? I mean, you don't want even worse overpopulation than you already have. I don't think there was... I think the argument was like, well, okay, if this could cure diseases, like, then all diseases are gone, and then some stronger disease shows up, but, it, like, we couldn't you just use the egg more? I mean, it's... What? There's a logical leap in there somewhere that isn't entirely conveyed properly in the subtitles. Maybe it's like the the nature groups that I follow on Facebook, where they're like, they they get all fussy at people who complain about predators because the predators have to eat too. So it's like if you wipe out all the viruses, you've basically committed genocide against all these viruses, and that's not that's not cool. Yeah. Viruses deserve to live too. Um, no? Anyway, uh, <laughs> or something. It, it's just, it's a very weird thing. And, and all this has to do, but we just want to heal Kujaku. <laughs> Although, also the point is, well, she's losing feathers. To to do that, you would have to stop all the pollution on Earth. Mm -hmm. And maybe that involves kill people. I don't, it, it's, it's weird, that plot point. But anyway, uh, Kujaku shows up and while they're having this argument, it's like, okay, guys, I need the egg, but I need it for just one drop. And then she poofs away and everybody's like, okay, whatever. Anyway, Gara's spirit shows up again, so there's more fighting. And the rangers finally transform into rangers like 15 minutes into the episode. It's like, okay, so they're fighting Gara's spirit, which is the same actress, just in a different armor outfit. And, and then Kujaku goes back to Gara, and Gara's like, we, we must have a duel. It's like, Kujaku's like, okay, fine, one more time. Gara shoots her, but she's blind, so that doesn't work. So Kujaku just shoots her back. It's like, I win. You happy? Knocks her on the ground. And then it's like, Gara's, finish me, kill me. You can never stop me. <laughs> it's like, Kujaku's like, 
I'm fucking dying anyway. Here, I'm going to drop this magic shit on your face. Yay, the scar I tried to heal 6,000 years ago, which is why I left you when we were friends, because you got the scar trying to protect me, but then you got mad because you had the scar, but it's only a little scar on your face. But I went to learn to become a peacock Buddha to heal it, but then when I came back, you were on the bad guy's side. Here, I'm going to heal your scar and your blindness. Bye, I'm dying. (laughs) It just walks into the lake and dies. Relatable. And in this process, in this process of confusion, Gara's like, wait, what? And her evil spirit that was attacking the rangers disappears. There's no zords. <laughs> There's no actual monster of the week unless you're counting the spirit, but it's still a face actress. It's, it's not but, normal monster but of the monsters. week. I know. They have to be of the week. This is wrapping up the, the Kujaku plotline that's been running for I don't know, like half a dozen episodes or something, and and Green's all sad and carries her body to the ocean, to the lake, and she disappears and turns into a phoenix, goes into the sky, and she's a happy goddess apparition. And then he's like, "No, I I will always remember you, my ancient girlfriend who wasn't really my girlfriend, and seemed to have more more feelings for Gara since she gave her life to heal her." Oh. Wait, was my girlfriend a lesbian? <laughs> anyway, th- that's an interesting episode, and, and it's only in this episode that I realized that um, Kujaku's actress is... Well, I've, I've only seen a few episodes of Turbo Ranger, but she's one of the villains later in that series, so I have seen her before. Mm. Okay. And the woman playing Gara. I really, really, really should have recognized, but she's covered in leather and has that scar and weird makeup on. She's Mazenda from Live Man. Oh, okay. Yes, it's like one of the best villains. And, and, oh, so good, but I, I just don't recognize her as Gara because she's a Cenobite. <laughs> she's also in, in a few other series that I haven't seen. I was like, I, I, we saw her in all of Live Man on, on our streaming, on our Discord. Yeah. And I did not realize until this episode. I was like, oh, that's who that is. Well, get enough uh, makeup on there. Yeah, until she was in her alternate form, the, the spirit form. It's like, wait a minute, she looks familiar because I could see more of her face. <laughs> so, yeah, that, 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 that was a decent end to the Kujaku stuff that's been a major subplot, which is. It's cool in a way, and it gives Green a spotlight, but it also makes me realize, wow, a lot of these rangers don't get focus episodes. Uh-huh. Like, the Red Ranger, if it wasn't for the, the Jin, the guy who looked like he came out of the uh, Fist of the North Star, I don't think Red would have focus episodes. <laughs> and I don't remember the last time anybody else really had a focus episode. Other than, I think, Blue? Was that made last? No. Yeah, blue blue gets focus episodes with the the goofy trio, the three stooges. Mm-hmm. When was the last time yellow had anything? I don't know. Or pink. <laughs> Who knows? Pink's just a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Writers don't know what to do with those. Oh no. <laughs> That's it. The end. Alright. So that uh, pretty much does it for us for this uh, this week. We will be back next week with more robots in disguise. 
Uh, until then, though, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. And Discord! Yes. Uh, we have a, di- a link to our Discord uh, pinned on our Twitter account, which is at IaconUG. Uh, our Patreon, uh, we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses at patreon.com slash underground. Uh, for the month of June, that's right, this is June we're in currently, uh, we have uh, gone to one of my, my favorite things, which is lost media that is suddenly made available again. Uh, and we are watching one of the uh, previously unavailable for like 25 some years, uh, second season uh, Hanna-Barbera Godzilla episodes. Uh, so lots of enjoying just saying the name Godzuki. Uh, lots of a child narrating everything happening on screen <laughs> unnecessarily. Uh, and yes. then for the month of July, now that it's actually available on streaming, uh, we are watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Mad- Madness. For some reason, in my like to-do list for this weekend, I wrote Multiverse of Magic. Which I guess is not wrong, but it's not quite as on the nose. Because it's definitely a multiverse of madness. Yes. Uh, so yes, we, we will be recording that shortly, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we are back next week with more uh, Robots of Disguise with Minicon Madness. <gasps> oh, I'm, I'm loving this mini-season a lot. It's a mini season because it's about mini cons. That's right. Oh, these are small. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Goodbye, David.